Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank all my listeners for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers Candice Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, psychic and author of Who Do Cleansing Protection Magic. Also, Damian Keller, binaural production engineer, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. If you are interested in contributing to this podcast, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find everything you need there. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Justin Snyder, documentary uh, maker and also filmmaker. He made um, Path of the Beast, which is a Bigfoot classic now at this point. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. <laughs> yes, sir. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. So that intro, I'm digging that intro just to let you know it right off the back. Uh, I've listened to some of your earlier episodes and the, the intro was cool, but this one really sets the tone and the mood for the these episodes. Just want to let you know that. <laughs> and you can thank Damien Keller for that intro. Well, thank you, Damien. That's, that's awesome. It is. A, but yeah, so go ahead. Oh, it's a uh, binaural beat to open the third eye chakra. Ah, nice. That's perfect. And I think that's like, it's just good and oversums basically what this podcast is about because you cover so many different topics and areas, which I really appreciate. And that's why I kind of hop on in there because I don't know what to expect when I, when I put your podcast on. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know what to expect either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard some of those episodes. But no, they, they, it's all interesting. You, you give a lot of interesting guests. Thanks, man. So, yes, sir. No problem. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this latest documentary you've made. It, it sounds like it started out as something like a fun camping trip and has tur and turned into an actual type of experience. Yeah, so Daniel Bonet, who's the uh, founder of the East Coast Bigfoot Research Organization, uh, put together this event where basically, you know, uh, whoever wanted to come out there to the woods can come out there and, and kind of hang out. And basically we were just there to tell stories. Right. I thought this was kind of fun. We can do some recording of this and maybe we can use it later on uh, down the road for a conference that Daniel was hosting as well. The Virginia Bigfoot conference, which was uh, last month. Um, but anyways, so, you know, I was like, yeah, we can go out there and re do some recording and whatnot. And, uh, you know, just see what we get. We weren't out there like Bigfooting or actively looking for Bigfoot. That was never the the uh, the goal there. Right. The, the whole concept was we'll get some B footage. We'll record some stuff in the woods. We'll, we'll get Daniel just explaining his method and like his philosophy about Bigfoot, what he's looking for, like the things that he talks about. Um, and then his mindset when it comes to, to to actually going out into the field looking for Sasquatch. So, you know, we got all that. And then, you know, at night, he, the guests that he had, I think there was about 13 people that came out to uh, camp out there with us. And, you know, everyone had a story. So we kind of gathered some stories there. And that's, you know, I share three of them in the documentary. Um, and I share Daniel's stories, of course, in the documentary as well. But um, one thing that I, I noticed was like um, – there was a lot more than just like Bigfoot going on when, when I was sharing these stories, like the, the stories that some of these people were telling, like the dog man was involved, you know, UFOs, weird things like that was involved, which I thought, you know, 
it's interesting in, in like some people they got a little nervous seeing the cameras there and you know they asked me to turn them off and i turn off you know the camera on the audio so and they were wanting to share their story but they didn't want to be on film which i thought was interesting because it's like usually you can tell when somebody's looking for attention or just somebody's full of crap because their story involves a lot more stuff than makes credible sense but these people are like no this thing basically this one lady when she's telling her stories it's like this thing is haunting her <laughs> like haunting her house and you know her husband's like you know he's there for her he believes her and stuff like that but like he's like i don't like talking about it because weird stuff would happen like they'd find dead animals in the yard like placed in their yard purposely placed in the yard like a dead deer right and um you know i'm, I'm working with her trying to let her kind of let me go out and camp where, where they're at they're out in west virginia and um eventually i would love to go out there and kind of see what's going on with her she, she got share some like videos of me and nothing nothing's really like defined but she does have these weird things where it looks like there's faces in the windows, like looking through the windows, like mm -hmm. really creepy stuff. And basically what she would do is she'd set up a laptop, hit record and just let it play and kind of get some of her stuff like that. But um, so, you know, we're out there, we're recording, we're just having a good time, you know, sharing our stories. And, um, you know, suddenly we hear a snap, like, like somebody just took a, like a actual tree and snapped it in half out in the distance. <laughs> and, you know, we all chuckled at first, like, Oh yeah, that could be something. So, you know, Daniel had a, um, a, a night vision uh, thermal sensor and he grabbed his thermal sensor. and was like, well, let's just go out there and see if we can see anything. So I grabbed the camera cause the camera was already rolling and we go out there and we're just looking around, you know, trying to see if we see anything. He was catching a couple of things off his thermal, but nothing, inclusive like he's he was saying you could pick up like heat signatures off of rocks and stuff like that so you know we were just messing around with that thermal and uh you know i said hey daniel i don't think when we marched off into the woods we kind of left the group behind and i was telling daniel it was like hey i don't think that that noise kind of came in the direction we marched towards i think we need to go back a little bit and um i should have set this up part a little bit up before but i actually had my my um a, a jeep renegade and i had that car kind of parked off to the side because i was like one of the last guests to arrive so my car was out by itself like on you know kind of away from the groups uh where the other people's cars were parked and away from you know uh, uh where everyone was camping um so we kind of marched past my car and you know uh, Daniel, I guess, had the thermal on and looked in the back of the car and could swear he up and down that he saw like a handprint on the back of my car, like something put its hand on the, on top of my car. And, you know, I looked at it and we did some like tests on it and kind of see like, okay, let's see if you can see something, you know, after somebody's put their hand on it. So we test the thermal out and sure enough, you put your hand there, you'll see a heat signature and then this dissipates away as time goes by. And so whatever he caught on the car, there was definitely something that touched the vehicle. <laughs> so, you know, I, I jokingly said, I was like, I hope Sasquatch is not like trying to break into my car, looking inside my car. That's kind of messed up. <laughs> but anyways, you know, we're joking. We're heading back to the group because, you know, we've had our fun with the thermal. And sure enough, oh, quite the distance away, we hear just this loud scream. And, you know, we both 
looked at each other like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you hear that? And we just got real quiet. We didn't hear nothing after that. But that scream was pretty um, unsettling. It kind of got me a little bit nervous because I was like, okay, that made it really feel like something was going on here. And, you know, it's in the documentary. Um, I couldn't, you know, when, when editing this, I couldn't really figure out if this was an animal known. Um, but the scream was just, uh, it was like something was saying like, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> and it was kind of like, you know, it definitely made us nervous or made me nervous at least. And uh, that night I was like, I'm probably not spending the night out here because of everything kind of going on. Because before it was kind of like a joke. We're just, you know in the woods with the thermal looking around like saying, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sasquatch might touch my car. And then that scream kind of like, like I said, sent the, the hairs in the back of my neck up. Wow. Like what, what did could this, that be? You know, what did it sound like? It, it was way off in the distance, but you know, the thing the closest I could think of was like maybe a, a large cat screaming. It, it like, I can't even, can't even describe it. And it, like even the audio, cause I didn't have like, audio with me recording i was using the camera to record audio um so like the audio is not the crispest thing and it doesn't know justice to what we heard but it was like something screamed at us from up above, uh, like up above us on a ledge you know and uh, i should have set this up too we we're out in, in virginia um a national park out in virginia kind of out by ourselves um you know nobody out there other than us kind of camping and you know it wasn't a person and it wasn't like the, the thing I thought maybe a bird, an owl or something like that. And I couldn't find any owls in Virginia that sounded remotely what I heard. And the next thing I can think of is either like a mountain lion scream or a freaking Sasquatch screamed at us, you know? Wow. You know, that's one of the common things too, is they say when you hear them, it has like a profound effect on you. Oh, well, like I said, when you're out there and, and you already had all these stories being shared and told to you, your nerves are kind of already like on fire. And then like to have something like that happen, it's kind of like, you know, you. I kind of hope that I don't make it bigger than what it is. But sometimes that's what people do, I think. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I was like, OK, that really just happened. <laughs> and, you know, I you you hear me in the documentary, I'm laughing, but it's like a nervous chuckle because like, did that just really happen? Did I just really hear that thing? And, you know, like I said, it, it was nothing I can really find concretely to say, oh, this is what it is, some owl or some mountain lion. No, it, it was like something up there screaming at us. <laughs> wow. And how large yeah. was the handprint on your, on your um, Jeep? So <clears throat> the handprint looked like somebody put the, the bottom of their palm and their pinky finger up in on the car, like they were trying to look in on the car. So it wasn't like a full, like somebody took their hand and pressed their hand against it. It looked like somebody had their hand kind of turned, uh, what do you want to call this? Like uh, directional, just had their pinky and their palm kind of laid on the car to look inside the car. Hmm. And to be honest with you, at first I thought maybe that Daniel was messing with me, like kind of like <laughs> they're playing the joke on me because I'm the guy out there with the camera. And oh yeah, Sasquatch is real. He just heard all these crazy stories, and you know, but that scream that didn't come from any of them, any of our group, because that that scream was farther out, away from us. And uh, it was just like I don't know if it was something that distracted us to get it, like so, so something else can move away that was around the area, but it was like the trees, the tree snapping. 
that came out of nowhere, right? So we're telling the story, then we hear crack, and we thought nothing of it, but hey, let's go check it out. Could be something. Then you see the handprint on the car. Okay, that could be nothing. Could be something. Maybe it's, you know, in our head. And then the screen kind of concrete. Okay, wow, that sounds like there's something out here. And, you know, to Daniel, he's like, that's not even the most legit thing that's ever happened to me. I've gotten way more than this. It's always those things, though. Oh, the camera wasn't rolling or the audio wasn't rolling when these things kind of happen. Wow, that's incredible. So, so what was Daniel's opinion of what happened and what he heard? I mean, he's sort of the, the expert on it. Well, you know, he looked at me, I looked at him, and I was like, I don't know what that was. And, you know, same with him. He's like, I don't know. I can't think of anything that animal-wise that could be. And, you know, his first thought, like, your camera is rolling. You got that, right? You got that on the camera. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I got it. But, like, I knew the audio wasn't set up to catch something off in the distance the audio was only catch because i was focusing on daniel so the audio was only focused on him um the microphone and everything so you know in the documentary i try to pull that audio out as much as possible and um i i I, it doesn't know justice it does no justice i might try to see if i can pull it up while we're actually on here um but yeah i i just what i what you're hearing in the actual documentary does no justice of what we actually heard when we were out there yeah and daniel's pretty familiar right with like wildlife and tracking and stuff like that yeah and that's basically what this documentary is about it's him he's got a saying and i think it's a really good one and this is something that uh you know i think that we can definitely talk about it's like know the unknown i'm sorry know what you know before you seek the unknown Mm -hmm. so you know know what a bear print is before you go out looking for sasquatch prints you know you should know how a bear goes out and forages. You should know how like your wildlife sounds like. So get out there before you're looking for Bigfoot and understand wildlife, like understand, you know, what sounds you expect to hear out in Virginia or whatever state you're Mm -hmm. from, you know, those types of things before you just go out there and assume. So for me, I've always think that audio recordings of anything is weak evidence because you have no clue. You're not actually seeing Bigfoot screaming something. So you have no clue what a Bigfoot sounds like. Uh, So for me personally, I don't think audio is good, but having these things kind of happen all together kind of made me like, go, okay, this, this seems more legit to me than, than I would probably, if I was a viewer watching this on TV, think, you know, Oh, this, you know, you can't really count that towards anything, but you know, um so like whoops and stuff like that i'm just you don't know what what sasquatch actually sounds like i never seen or heard somebody say i've seen a bigfoot making a whoop sound so that's why i never say you can't anything you hear out in the woods could be anything right you can't just say oh that was bigfoot it could have been a mountain lion up there screaming at us you know it could have been uh, some kind of owl that was screaming at maybe he had a bad day got a sore throat i don't know (laughs) sounded different than what they, they they normally would sound like, but it, it was definitely something I never mm-hmm. heard. And did Daniel's eyes widen up like, oh, yeah, did you hear that? You know, so it, it was definitely something interesting. Yeah. And Daniel's familiar, too, with like those big cats also that, you know, that, that are out there but aren't supposed to be there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So see, we uh, recognize that. My dad's out in the Lynchburg area. And uh, he's actually um, caught a couple of pictures of what it looks like the back end of a uh, um, a mountain lion. And it's one of those situations where, like, 
oh yeah, mountain lions aren't in Virginia, but sure enough, they are in Virginia. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Were you able? Yeah, to, yeah those. Are, are you are you able to play that file? Yeah, hang on one second. I'm gonna see if I can catch it real quick. Uh, well, I'm gonna look it up. But yeah, um, don't want to give you any slack on the uh, podcast while I'm looking this up. It doesn't matter. It'll truncate to silence. <laughs> oh man, yeah. And, and like I was saying before, uh, my recording of this thing doesn't know justice of what we actually heard. Um, and it sucks because Daniel had his uh, his girlfriend's kids out there, and we were kind of like, um, um, like I said, we were goofing off. We weren't actually out there looking for anything. Mm -hmm. So when that kind of happened, you got a lot of like noise kind of heard on the um, where people just talking and stuff like that. All right, hang on, here we go. Let me see if I got it. All right. Hang on one sec. So, did you it. did you hear yeah. that? Yeah, I heard it. Yeah, it was like what, on the audio, it sounds like like kind of like a bird call, but that's not how it sounded when we were actually there. It sounded like somebody was something was up there screaming at us. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. It, it, like I say, it was so unexpected. I wasn't out. We weren't out there looking for Bigfoot. It wasn't like, hey, let's go Bigfooting and get our stuff. You know, I wasn't mentally prepared for any of that, you know, because uh, I would have had the audio set up completely different. And what I caught, like I said, there's no justification what we heard. Interesting. Very interesting. So, so having that experience, has that changed your perspective now on Bigfoot? I, I don't I don't think it has. So just to clarify my perspective in general or, or my feelings towards it, I want it to exist. It doesn't mean it does exist. Um, I feel like and I think maybe we talked about this before uh, last time I was on your uh, podcast. But um, Bigfoot is a it's a money making um, intellectual property. Right. Nobody owns Bigfoot, but Bigfoot is a recognizable character, right? Yeah. Anybody can use it for their brand. You know, it's easy to tack on whatever and kind of sell merchandise, right? It's just easy, recognition, recognizable um, intellectual property, basically. Well, I guess I don't know if that's the right term, but that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking there. Yeah. It's a free logo, basically, mm -hmm. or free kind of marketing device. So I, I do feel like you get a lot of these guys out there who use that um and know that so they they'll use that to those guys like myself who are believers or want to believe you know just to like kind of sell their stories and whatnot you know so i'm always like healthy skeptic i suppose but at the same time i feel like there's a lot of stories out there and that like there's got to be something to it um and after hearing that that sound like I don't know. I, I still don't know. I, it could have been legit, but until I have like a physical sighting, I still going to lean on the defense of like healthy skepticism until I actually physically see it. Right. It, and even sometimes when I, like, even if you saw it, you probably would still end up questioning what you saw. Yeah. Well, no, no. Cause in my head, I'm like, this is a possibility that this thing exists. 
So if one were to step out, I would say, yep, sure enough, that's a Sasquatch. And this is this is really funny, too. So, you know, because of the I made a fictional film called Bigfoot Path of the Beast, the one that you kind of introduced mm-hmm. in the beginning. And, you know, so now I shot this documentary. And so I just started a new job and some guys at my new job, I'm a field service engineer. So like in my location, I'm just in one area, but we have other engineers throughout the country. Right. Well, one guy, coworker of mine, uh, he heard from another coworker. Oh yeah, Justin believes in Bigfoot or something like that. And oh yeah, he's he's been working on a Bigfoot movie. So one day out of the blue, the guy decided to give me a call, right? And you know, uh, super. This guy is really good at his job. He's like high praised. You know, all the customers that we have love him. You know, so like he's a super nice guy. Like he like well, I guess well spoken and everything like that. And he's like. I have a Bigfoot story. I was like, okay, all right, let me, let me hear it. So he, he's the uh, field service engineer out in the Pennsylvania area. And, you know, he's part of our jobs driving to a customer's locations. And sometimes, you know, you have to go out to kind of remote areas and, you know, he was saying he was out on a drive and, you know, going to a customer just kind of like, you know, just driving, not really paying too much attention. And, um, He's going through this uh, forest area out in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and I can't remember the name of the park that he was driving through, the uh, national park. But uh, anyways, he said that, you know, it's thundering, it's about the storm, and it's, it's you know, kind of raining really hard in some areas and other areas is not so much. And he's like, you know, going through a bunch of trees and stuff like that. And there's this one little small area of patch that he said that uh, was out there. And he says, as soon as he drove that past he saw what he said is like the classic uh bob gimlin like patterson um bigfoot moving right like mm-hmm. that that whole movement he saw somebody or a bigfoot moving across this field um as he drove by and in his head like he couldn't comprehend what he just saw so he he kept driving he's like in hindsight, he's like, I wish I stopped and, and reversed to see what the heck I just saw. But he's like, I just, I didn't, you know, I, I, my brain couldn't kind of comprehend what I saw. And, you know, he said, it's either two things. It's either a Bigfoot or somebody out there trying to play a prank on him. But he said, doesn't make a lot of sense because that means they would have to wait out there and hope that a car would come by. And they're waiting out there right during a storm, yeah. which didn't make a whole lot of sense. No. To me, it sounded like, you know, it was a Sasquatch trying to get out of the out of the weather or whatever, trying to get, mm-hmm. you know, back to wherever he's trying to get or she's trying to get. But yeah, and you know, he's like, he's like, I didn't even know how to comprehend it. He's like, after I drove away for a while, it kind of hit me. He went and called like his brother-in-law and trying to, you know, rationalize what the heck did i just see with him like do you think this is a possibility <laughs> so somebody who had no interest or never was out there seeking this thing kind of saw it and and you know i asked him have you ever shared the story with anybody else no have you ever like went to these uh the uh, bfro to share your story or report it no so that makes me think like the bfro has just thousands of sightings right and how many are not reported and how many are not on that BFRO website, you know? Right. 
Yeah, I, I wonder if they even get like maybe 10% of the actual sightings to happen. Yeah, and that'd be an interesting statistic to kind of figure out. Because like like it goes back to my documentary, that lady that didn't want to be on the camera. You know, she 100% believes there's something out in her yard there that, she, you know, she thinks they're messing with her. And, you know, she almost perceives them as demonic. Um, but she didn't want to be on camera. She just wanted to tell her story with other people who believe in this thing, you know? Interesting. So she's actually afraid of them? Yeah. Yeah, they, they seem to, uh, I mean, they won't, like, they haven't hurt anybody, but they, they, it seems like she feels like they, they she wants them to go away. Wow. But I keep telling her, hey, the more you buy into these things, the more likely they're going to keep messing with you. It sounds like, you know, if you're actively seeking something, especially if you think it's demonic, it's going to keep itself there, <laughs> you know? Maybe. Or maybe she could make go the other way and kind of make peace with them, you know, like do some gifting, leave, leave them apples, stuff like that. And and maybe that will change the situation around a little bit, build some trust. So I've, heard, I've heard stories where you're not supposed to gift them, where you're not supposed to give them the stuff or anything like that, that they get salty if you miss a day. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I heard you're not supposed to do that. I don't know. I, I mean, a lot of people that I've interviewed do do the gifting, especially yeah. because, it, from my understanding, it's something that the art used to because it's a tradition that was passed along from, um, you know, the indigenous people. Well, you see, the thing is, you know, it depends on your um, definition of, of what Bigfoot is. You know, you're not supposed to feed bears you know so you wouldn't feed a wild animal um like i said the wild animal doesn't comprehend you know oh i forgot to buy apples today where's my apples i'm gonna come in the house and see where the where humans at (laughs) without my apples (laughs) yeah but uh you you know so and then there's like if it's you know something else like some kind of interdimensional being you don't know what's intentions are um if it's alien you don't know what its intentions are i do think there's something demonic about them or could be something demonic about them so you, you don't know what their intentions are so it's just one of those things so do you think that it's possible that Bigfoot are, are like uh, Nephilim that are in the, from the Bible totally I think the smell is interesting the sulfur smell is the same sulfur smell sulfur smell that you get during hauntings mm-hmm. so I find that interesting I find the interdimensional thing kind of interesting as well because I think, you know, heaven and hell is supposed to be between Earth, right? So it's another dimension between Earth. And the Nephilim, if Bigfoot is a Nephilim, I think it'd be able to travel through hell and travel to Earth or to heaven and to Earth, if that's what it is, you know? Interesting. It would have those abilities. Which, you know, could it also be flesh and blood, too? If, if it is a Nephilim, I think that's a possibility, too. It could definitely be both, I believe. That it could be multidimensional and flesh and blood. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, the the Cain and Abel story, I also heard it could be descendants of Cain. Hmm. That that was a theory as well. What do you think about the giant theory? Do you think that, you know, like the, the stories about um, races of giants living in North America and they have like two rows of teeth and were cannibals? 
I find that one very interesting. And, you know, that's why I'm like, are these giants just Sasquatch? Because um, skeletons, because you hear about all these giant skeletons being undug and stuff like that, and that these stories or these facts are just being hidden from us for some reason. Um, you know, the... I do think we're finding giant skeletons and I just don't think we know what they, they are. So I think that the truth is hidden from us, the, the people. Um, Cause I, I've heard so many stories of these giant skeletons being found. I think even the, they found like King Arthur's uh, skeleton and it was like a giant, you know, um, as well. I, so yeah, I, there's a possibility that, that some of these giant quote unquote skeletons that they find are, are undig could possibly be Bigfoot skeletons. Do you think Goliath could have been a Bigfoot? Yeah, <laughs> he could have. Totally. Totally. But, um, you know, yeah. Yeah, he could have been a Bigfoot. But, or, you know, I mean, if that's what we think the Nephilim are. And so, like, these people are these uh, like the giants and the Nephilim, I think they're all kind of tied together. They're all kind of similar. And, you know, um, for some reason, God doesn't like them. <laughs> so <laughs> that uh, that should be a sign. I don't know. Uh, it's like to me, the looking for, for Sasquatch and the believing and being open See, one of the things that I'll tell you what it is. I interviewed this guy. His name was, um, oh, geez, Sunbow or something like that. And he says that he has had telepathic communication with Sasquatch. And he's written several books about his communications with Sasquatch. And it was, it is all about, um, saving the planet and that these, the Sasquatch is sort of mad at humans for basically destroying the world, that they were here before us, and then we appeared and sort of became an infestation that took over. Yeah, you know, but I guess so. But I don't, because I, I, interesting, I don't know, because what kind of intellectual level would you give a Sasquatch if that's the kind of, you know, Mm. So, like, my one of my first theories was thought was that Bigfoot was kind of human, and it's a tribe of humans, right? Um, you know, so it's like a subspecies of human. It's a tribe of humans that have been around for a long time and are just still surviving. But you know, like the Neanderthal or something like that. You know, because right. I think there's a possibility there could be a tribe of Neanderthals who, you know, away from humans, or, you know, out in the wild, kind of surviving. But if they have these like telepathic abilities, I think that like brings another level of them and like their understanding. So, you know, why, why would they hide away from people? Cause I feel like there's enough good people out there that would uh, kind of see what they're going for or, or understand what they're, they're trying to their message, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, why hide from people other than the fear of being hunted down? And that, that was another theory to me too. That's why the government kind of hides them. It's because if they are people, what kind of rights do they have? <laughs> uh, you know, as far as like the logging industry, if you find out there's a tribe of humans living in these areas where they log, you know, doesn't that give them rights and kind of protect them? 
Um, so that's why I wonder sometimes that's why they're kind of kept secret. Right. And I, and I think that's what it is, honestly. Um, you know, I've interviewed Carter Bushhart a couple times. And, and that's his theory, that, that they're pretty close to humans. They're more advanced in, in some ways than as far as their use of telepathy. And, um, you know, in the logging industry, just wants to be able to continue to log. And if they acknowledge the existence of these other type of humans living in nature still, it would put a halt to that in- industry. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, that's one there's got, but there's, if they're out there, there's enough evidence, I think, that there's enough sightings that I think that at some point you can't hide the fact that they exist. <laughs> you know, all it takes is one person hitting one or one person shooting one and bringing a body in. And then, you know, that's concrete, right? But I, I find it odd that you have a lot of hoaxers and people wanting to hoax it. Um, so, which kind of just decredits the credibility of it existing. Somewhat, you know. You know, I used to think like, yeah, the body would be the proof, but not anymore. I mean, we still have people believing um, that COVID is not real. I mean, it is incredible what 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 it takes. To get people to believe that something is actually real now. Yeah. No, there's no doubt about that. And well, no, because I I feel like you know, um, the people that don't believe COVID is real is on the low end of the the, the graph, whereas people who that believe Bigfoot is real is on also on the low end of the graph. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think like I saw some study was like thirteen percent of Americans think it's real or something like that. Th- that they think that Bigfoot's real. That's it. I would think it would be. Yeah, so, I, would, I would have thought like 50, at least fifty percent would think it's real. I mean, I believe it's like uh, 50, I believe like like over fifty percent believe that aliens are real. Well, yeah, I at this point, even our government's saying is that that's the, the whole disclosure. They're out there saying it's they're out there and. If you don't believe at this point, then I don't know what, <laughs> what you're doing. <laughs> there's definitely something out there. Do you think that there's a connection between the Bigfoot and the aliens? I don't know, Gary. I don't like I, if Bigfoot is real. It's something really freaking weird about it, man. And the so I don't know. Like somebody telling a story, I don't hold too much weight on. You can't. Like that's not. I know there's a lot of stories out there, but that's not proof. Like eyewitness testimony is the worst testimony. I mean, is the worst evidence based, right? Um, you need hair. You need kind of catching something on video. And there's a lot of videos out there. You know, I see, and I'm like, yeah, this a lot of this stuff looks real. But there's also a lot of hoaxers out there. And then you get credible people coming out saying kind of things that don't make a whole lot of sense and the credible people i lean on big time is ron moorhead you you did have on the show a couple times and um les stroud from survival man Mm -hmm. and the only like you gotta think about motive here the only motive i can see for Les to come out say the stuff he said is to prolong his career or his show right 
But, you know, when he got to Sasquatch Chronicles and kind of tells about the background of, of, you know, how they got Survival Man Bigfoot filmed, he's like, they only let me do one season, his producers, and they told him he couldn't go too far into the woo of things, right? Because like, other things happened, but I wasn't allowed to say these things happened, right? Which I thought was interesting. But he also has a lot to lose by coming out there and saying, oh, yeah. I'm having these experiences because he talks about the mind speak being able to like being talked to by Bigfoot, hearing other voices being like talking to him. He's talked about seeing orbs, right? When these mind speaking things have happened. So if Les Stroud, somebody who has a lot to to lose as far as his like credibility goes, because like, this is a guy saying this is as legit as you can get, can get right. Going out there and surviving Les Stroud. For him to say these things or make these things up, um, I think like they can really affect his ability to keep making money off the survival man stuff. So I think like it, it can hurt him more than it can help him. So that's that's the, the thing with him. And then Ron Moorhead, same thing. I think he's just a really chill guy. He kind of has nothing to, to to gain by coming out and saying these things. You know, mm-hmm. he let me use his audio on the movie, the, my fictional movie. And he didn't ask for a freaking dime or anything. He's just like, yeah, just make sure you give me credit for it. So I was like, you know, and look, he goes on everyone's podcast. Mm-hmm. Like he has no problem doing that. No problem talking about it. And he's not saying like, oh, I know the answers. He's just giving his opinions. I don't know. There's a lot of credibility to him, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, the fact that he even comes on my podcast every once in a while and just talks to me where, where so many other people that are making dough off of it won't. Yeah. You know. Well, they want money to come on the shows or come out to conventions or, you know. Yeah. And he yeah. doesn't ask for any of that. No. No. So, but, you know, like I said, I'm in the Bigfoot realm and I see kind of all these guys and I know the key players and I see what's going on with them. The stuff that comes out, the stuff that people believe. It's the same thing with the COVID. I've heard, people, you know, people not believe in COVID. I've seen the same thing happen in the Bigfoot community where you get ridiculous claims and it just breaks people apart or people like go on rants and, and be, like either believe or don't believe. And it, it's just, I'll give you like a great example. Like there's this um, Bigfoot massacre. Um, you ever heard what happened here? Oh, is that the, I saw the show about it, about the weed farmers. No, 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 no. no. So there's a YouTuber. I'm not going to say his name, um, but there's a YouTuber who, kind of breaks down the Patterson video a whole lot. And, you know, he's kind of well-known in the in the Bigfoot community oh, for his yeah, work. Yeah. I know where you're going with this. Okay. Well, he was claiming that the only reason why uh, uh, Patterson and Gimlin were able to get the footage that they got is because they, they shot and killed a Bigfoot baby, and they actually shot Patty, and she was walking with a gimp. And supposedly they shot some other, like, I guess there's a team of other people there. And, and like, they were trying to break down, like saying, like, you can see like blood on the ground. You can see the way she was, she's kind of limping. There was uh, also saying like, you know, you can see like a baby in her hand being carried as well. So I've heard that. Um, and a lot of people believed it. And a lot of people bought into it. So then there's another, another player who's kind of divisive. Um, kind of another YouTube guy, and you know, at first, like this guy's a non 
no bullshit kind of guy and like i'm buying into his stuff he's he does a lot of like where he just reads stories but he wasn't vent, like he wasn't properly venting out the stories before vetting out the stories before he was just reading them so like sometimes he'd, he'd read stuff that like was known to be fake but that's okay we, we can get past that whatever that happens but he's this no bullshit type of guy and then he's making claims that you know um that jeff meldrum's in this kind of realm of knowledge and purposely bullying bullying and hiding the truth about bigfoot um and like working with the government or something another so he's like making these kind of out kind of these ridiculous claims because i never think when i think of jeff meldrum <laughs> i don't think jeff meldrum's a guy out there trying to prove bigfoot exists he's just a guy saying hey i'm i'm looking at I, i'm this is my st- field of study i'm looking at these footprints and i think there's something here mm-hmm. but everyone leans on that heavily because you know he's a, you know a guy of science and like this is aha the, the smoking gun this guy believes these these bigfoot feet are real they're, they're atomically right you know yeah 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 i've actually invited uh Mildred a couple of times but he's never responded but uh, his research is definitely interesting. All the his, his he does seem to really know the the anatomy of the footprints well. I mean, that's his his field of study, like yeah. uh, motion, and, and and so you know he, he like yeah he's he's gonna know that. But like I said, I, I don't think he's the guy out there trying to prove that Bigfoot exists. And I, if anything, it could be you know him kind of. I don't like seeing him on TV shows uh, like other than giving his explanations of footprints. I don't like mm-hmm. seeing him on like he was on um what's that documentary? Finding or discovering Bigfoot, the one by um Expedition um, Bigfoot? No. no. Discovering Bigfoot or Discovery Bigfoot, something like that with um another divisive guy. Darn it, what's his name? Um as soon as I say his name, you're gonna be like, oh yeah. Hang on. Kind of known as a hoaxer. He's uh, had some early images that came out. Um, so the documentary he released was back in 2017. He's known for having the, the they call it Winking Bigfoot, or Winky, they call him. Uh, but they think it, um, Todd Stanny. Mm. Yeah, so... You know, I asked some other guys in the community, hey, what do you think about Todd? And, you know, a lot of people think some of his stuff's legit, but then he sent some other images that look straight up like puppets. Um, so people think, you know, he's a hoaxer. I've seen other videos where he, he had like fake Bigfoot hands in his car when he was taking out these like uh, these people that. So he charges to take people out to have a, a Bigfoot experience. Right. Yeah. Which kind of a red flag right there. But anyways, uh, these people paid for to have this experience, and sure enough, they find a um, pair of rubber monkey gloves in his in his car, and he really didn't have a good explanation of why they were in them. So, anyways, he he released a documentary called "Discovering Bigfoot." Uh, if you know you ever get a chance, just check it out. It's not, uh, it's interesting. He's got some interesting video on there of you know alleged Bigfoot. Um, but, you know, people tear his videos apart and, you know, kind of think he's kind of fake. But anyways, he does. He was on Survivor, Survivor Man Bigfoot. He was on an episode with him. Um, 
he was also had Jeff Meldrum out here on his discovering Bigfoot documentary. But I think like when you associate yourself with somebody like who's divisive like that, I think that kind of hurts the cause and hurts you as well. Right. Yeah. And that, that whole thing about um, the hunting and, and, you know, with the Patterson video and him killing the Bigfoots to get, you know, the, the footage of Patty. I, the reason I can't buy that is because Bob Gimlin is just such a authentic person. Yeah. And he's constantly attacked, attacked constantly. Um, you know, and I met Bob, I've had the pleasure of talking to him and we kind of just talked about, you know, so yeah, I agree with you. So there's, this is the two stories that when I think when Bob kind of goes away, you know, it passes away, you know, not wishing that he does or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, maybe you'll hear the full story of what happened or maybe you'll continue on with what we got. Cause there's either two stories that are going on with Bob. One, Bob is just such a genuine like guy and such a good friend that he's hid the secret of this Patterson film being fake for so long um, that he never came out and spoke against Patterson just because that's the type of person he is, you know, like he didn't want to ever ruin Patterson Patterson's because uh, Patterson was making money off of this. Um, his kids made money off this family made money off of this. Bob initially got nothing. Bob got kind of yanked out of the deal. So it would have been kind of in his favor to come out and say, yeah, this is this is kind of this is fake. So the fact he didn't and the fact he got ridiculed and wasn't making anything off this makes me lean towards the fact that this the PJ, the PG, the Patterson Gimlin film is real. Yeah, me too. And that's the other side. So this really happened to them. They got really lucky. They caught this thing. Right. The, The the locomotion, the dynamics of this thing. The way that we get footage nowadays and kind of enhance it, all of it points toward it's being real. This is the thing, too, that I don't think a lot of people know about. Um, When they were shooting, the end of that footage was the end of the reel that they were filming on, right? Mm -hmm. So if they were faking that, that means each time they were filming on the reel, they would have to pray that when they got to the end, when they actually see the Sasquatch, that everything worked out properly because if it didn't, they'd have to record everything and start back from the beginning because they're out there originally recording just a documentary about these guys out there looking for Bigfoot, right? And there's a bunch of footage in front of the Patterson film of them just on horseback traveling through the, 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 the national park and stuff, right? So, like I said, if, if then they see Patty, then they ran out of film. If they were trying to fake this and they fucked up the shot excuse my language they would have to go back and refilm all that other uh, stock footage in front of it and try to film it again and make sure they get it right so they had if it was fake they only had one shot to make sure they get a big shot <laughs> you know <laughs> that's a good point i've never heard anybody actually make that point before another weird thing um that i guess some people don't realize was that the um the uh what do you call it the uh, frame rate the capture frame rate was affected because when um, Patterson was trying to get the camera out he accidentally hit a button that kind of changed the 
uh, frame rate frequency. Mm-hmm. So it was captured at like a, a weird frame rate as well. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, interesting. Um, what would I say? Like an interesting point to the story as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say up to up until I still think that is one of the best uh, video pieces of evidence that's out there. Oh yeah. And um, oh yeah. But the, it, and it, that's just another issue. There's so many fake videos out there, man. So many fake videos. Like ones I thought were real and then sure enough come out to be fake. Yeah. I did see I don't know who, who shot it. Um but it was, it was a thermal footage of a skunk ape in Florida that was really, really good. Yeah, this is uh Stacy Brown. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that also definitely looks legit to me. Yeah, and you know, I'm not like discrediting Stacy, um, like his dad or Stacy Brown Jr. But you know, they they, um, like they're still there's like a money thing with them too. And I'm like, like I said, I'm not trying to discredit them. Mm-hmm. Like they're making, he's making documentaries, he's making films, you know. So like that's that's why like if I were to film a Bigfoot, I would not expect a single damn person to believe what I filmed was legit because one, I made a movie about it. And two, you know, I shot a documentary about it. There is like a clear motive there for me to want this thing to exist, you know? So personally, if I do have an experience, I don't care if I capture it on camera or not. I want that personal experience just for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, it sounds like you almost already had somewhat of an experience. Yeah, no, like that was definitely real. And that felt like it felt real. But uh, I still I'm still waiting for that long distance visual of a Bigfoot. You know, it just steps out, says hi, goes back in. That's all we need, <laughs> you know. So for me to like full fledged say, yeah, these things are really out there. I, w- I would need that. But like I said, there, there's a weird thing about them. The mind speak is weird. Uh, you know, it makes me wonder if, if you can actually just sit down, meditate, and try to uh, bring one out, you know? Yeah, that, that, that's that, that one guy that I had on my show. He does that. And he's written a couple of books with about telepathic communication. And one of the reasons he says that the government doesn't want us to know about the Bigfoot is that – if we can communicate with a Bigfoot telepathically, that means human beings have telepathy abilities. And if we're able to talk to each other through mind speak, that that makes it a lot harder for us to um, lie and control each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we have the ability. Okay. So, you know, just if, if we're being communicated, if that guy can be communicated from uh, – a Sasquatch can talk to him, right? Um, then we have that ability. Um, it's the same, but I think this is weird too that this is the same thing that like aliens share, mm-hmm. Bigfoot share, and I also think like demons share. You can have an entity talking to you, like in your head, right? Um, a alien can telepathically talk to you. A Bigfoot apparently can telepathically talk to you. I find that very kind of disturbing and odd at the same time why well like i said i just said that a demonic being can do this an entity can do this an alien can do this a 
Bigfoot can do this. It's kind of invasive, really invasive. You know, we can do it too. Um, I'm sorry. We can do it too. We just don't know how to control it. I don't think. To a degree, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure we could. And I don't know how, what you would do to kind of get yourself there. I don't know, but it would be interesting. But it would probably make a boring podcast if we were just communicating through telepathy. Uh, yep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, as long as you can record that somehow, you know, there's got to be a way to get those frequencies out. We'd have to be like wearing like EEGs on our heads. Mm-hmm. So, um, going back to the telepathy thing, there's that uh, Richard Greer. Is it Richard Greer? Dr. Greer? Stephen uh, Greer? The guy that made the documentary. I'm sorry? Oh, st- which one? Stephen Greer? Is it Steve Gre- Stephen Greer? Oh, okay, maybe that's Stephen Greer. The whole uh, using telepathy to kind of summon UFOs. Yeah, I've tried that actually and actually got results. Oh, you have? I did, yeah. I mean, I, I had learned, I mean, I had learned about it from him, but, but he actually got it from a guy who's a regular guest on my show named Preston Dennett. And, uh, and I was using Preston's technique, and, and, and sure enough, it, it, I can't say specifically that what I saw was, a, you know, alien, but I did, there was a plane in the sky, I saw the plane, and then I saw something like a light, looked like a shooting star coming through and I said oh it's either a shooting star or a satellite but then it stopped it changed directions and disappeared interesting it actually worked it, I was like I can't believe this actually worked yeah yeah interesting like, like, like yeah, Stephen, I- Stephen Greer I don't really buy into he's another one too I've invited him on my show mm-hmm. and um, and he gave me like a really odd response he said my audience was not large enough which I thought was uh, odd because I've had people more popular than him on my show. How does he know what your audience is? Well, he had asked. I told him. I was honest. What did you tell him? Uh, I told him, like, it depends on the guest. And, you know, it could be anywhere between, like, you know, 600 to 1,000 people listen to it in a week. Uh, and, and their response was, like, well, he wants to receive well, – he wants to connect with larger audiences contact us when your audience is larger oh wow and i just thought that was odd you know because yeah you know i mean i've had you know people like michael cremo on and people are a little bit more you know popular than he is and, and you know this might just be a time thing maybe he, like I can understand from his perspective like the um he's got to make everything kind of not saying that your podcast you know, isn't popular enough. Mm-hmm. Just saying that he wants to make it worth his time, or he doesn't have a whole lot of time to kind of divvy out. I don't know, but the guy that he basically adopted the C five technique from is Preston Dennett, and he's on like I have him on like almost once a month. Yeah, and he's been all over the place. He's been on a um, expedition unknown. He's been on the Kardashians. He's been all over the place because. He's the only person who's written a book and investigated the Catalina Islands where the Tic Tac was filmed. So, oh wow, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I remember that podcast episode. Now that you said that, the Kardashians things what yeah. <laughs> sparked my memory because they they had results with him. I remember uh, him saying that on here. Yeah, yeah, and I tried yeah. the same thing and I had a result. <laughs> 
Interesting. And, and I also heard the same thing um, from Kathleen Martin, the niece of Betty and Barney Hill. You know. So. Oh wow. So there, there's definitely some type of connection with our consciousness in some of these unexplained phenomena. How yeah. that how that relates to Bigfoot, I'm not sure. Well, if Bigfoot's an alien. Then he's got the alien abilities. That's, or, you know, if aliens are interdimensional, Bigfoot's interdimensional, they share similar abilities, you know? Yeah. I find it very odd that something that's more supposed to be like the advanced version of us, and it's something that's supposed to be like the more nature bound version of us, basically, has an ability that we can no longer um, use openly or possess. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, one of the things, and this is part of my sort of obsession with Atlantis, is that my other friend, Jared Murphy, said, thinks that after Atlantis got wiped out or wiped, you know, wiped themselves out and most of the planet, they decided with the surviving with people that survived to put them basically like what is called like a, a sleep mode or safe mode. And deactivated a lot of DNA, and it wouldn't be reactivated until we were um, more evolved enough to handle it. Which is interesting, and you know, like, look how much we've jumped since you know, like the 1940s. You know, advanced and forward, just technology and everything. And they're like, where is it going? You know, um, it's really odd that like, uh, it, like. Aliens that can see us looking like in the future, <laughs> like with technology and space travel, like when you're in space for a long period of time, you don't use your muscles, you don't use your bones, your bones actually like, you know, everything kind of um, goes away. Mm -hmm. So you get that small kind of body that you would have, like what aliens kind of look like, like this, not much muscular, you know, all the gray, like, you know from lack of sunlight and other, you know, whatever. Yep, it could just be humans. Need. Yeah, from the future. I, you know, like the the thing that I think really sparked UFOs coming here is like when people started shooting uh, nukes and they were like, whoa, what the hell are the humans doing? <laughs> so like we got to go over here and see what's going on. And, you know, they came over just to basically make sure that we're not destroying ourselves. And, um, you know, well, what I wonder, what I, my theory is that it, these nukes, one, I don't think maybe they, not, maybe they don't necessarily care about us, but maybe if we, these nukes might have some kind of ripple effect into other dimensions that we're not aware of and might screw up their shit too. That's interesting. So, so that, that, would, that, that would give them more of a reason than something, yeah. like, no. an, an altruistic reason. Yeah. Hmm. That's an interesting theory. I never heard that before, but yeah, that that could be. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll find out in our lifetime. We're getting close. I think maybe you know. I'm hoping that that stuff is kind of more stuff is revealed. I'm hoping that you know Bigfoot is accepted and like it's legit. I'm hoping that you know the, what what's going on with the UFOs is kind of disclosed and in yeah. Another, in my life. Uh, another interesting Bigfoot theory that I've heard recently, too, is their cloaking ability. 
somebody has suggested that maybe they're able to control the hair on their body to make light reflect around them, which would cause them to be invisible. Yeah, so I've heard it called different things. I've heard it uh, called the uh, Glimmer Man, uh, Mm -hmm. the Predator. It's basically what the Predator looks like when it has its camo on, right? Mm -hmm. The the Glimmer Man, right? Um, So, yeah, I... Yeah, I think that's a possibility. There's a in the Missing 411, um, one of the stories, uh, the Missing 401 documentaries, one of the stories about this lady who was out hunting. And sure enough, there was a UFO sighting uh, in this town that she was in hunting at. She saw what she claims is like the Glimmer Man, right? This, uh, the predator looking camouflage, right? Yeah. She takes her camera out to take a picture of this thing and her picture, her camera. It was a uh, this was a BlackBerry at the time. The picture that it took was impossible. Like the it somehow cut out the frame uh, of the picture where you didn't see nothing. It was like a really weird picture that this camera was impossible of uh, like of taking of cropping this picture out to a certain degree. So I found that really weird. That is weird. Yeah. The, and that would also give the uh, government another reason to hide it because he would want that cloaking um, knowledge or technology. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard other theories about, to, uh, you know, with the, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Corbell? Corbell? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, basically, the guy with Bob Lazar doing the documentaries and stuff like that. Yeah, Jeremy. And, Yep, Jeremy Corbell. Thank you. Uh, who Jeremy Corbell? Who was the other guy with him? Uh, Knapp. Yeah, George uh, Knapp. Yeah, and you know George Knapp said like, the scary thing is like, what happens if you find out you're just a freaking crop? You know, and <laughs> one day they decide to come and harvest us. <laughs> and uh, that's the scary side of things. And I'm like, that's still a possibility. And that you know, who knows what our government is doing with them? And that's why none of this information is being disclosed. To us, that would be bad if we were just like a herd of cattle waiting to be yeah. slaughtered. Yep, yep. And the thing that goes wrong with that, I find it odd with the cow mutilations, uh, human abductions. Like you know, uh, even the missing four hundred one stories could be possible human abductions that no one ever comes back. I've always thought maybe some of these abductions and missing people. Um, it might be like a, actually a possibly a, a relocation program because we're wiping this program, this planet out. So maybe they're taking humans to colonize another planet. Well, uh, I, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. What was, what's the deal with mutilating the cows and putting them back? I find that odd. You, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, that it's, one doesn't make any sense. No. Using specialized tools, and you know the the initial like response was, oh, it's satanic cults going out in the fields and mutilating these cows. Then it went to, oh, it's our own government going out there mutilating these cows. So the only thing that doesn't make really a lot of sense, the cult thing, I would I would buy more than our government, right? Why would our government take a cow, mutilate it, and then put it back in the field? When you just take the whole damn cow or raise your own damn cows to to mutilate, you know, like and then what's the satanic cult thing? Okay, yeah, that, that could be some weird stuff, but you would think you're taking a risk when you go out there 
Like, like my dad owned farm, uh, cows. Yeah, if he caught you out there on that field, you're gonna take a bullet. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> and so you're taking a risk when you do these things. Um, I don't know. And then the stories that you hear on Skimwalker Ranch, where like one minute the cow's there, you walk away, come back, and the cow's gone, and then it shows up completely messed up. So weird. And what what's the purpose? You know. It is. It, well, also, it's interesting about the cow mutilations is it usually appears that they've been dropped because you leave like an impression of the cow in the ground. Yeah, some, some, yep, I've heard that. I've heard that. I, I, I find it weird when people are taken from one spot and dropped like in a completely different location. I find it, you know, disturbing. Like, like some people that, like I said, that go missing could be from abductions. What are you going to do about it? There's nothing you can do about it. No, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Like some of it does scare me a little bit. And then some of it just makes me think like, well, it must be good. Maybe, maybe their intentions must be good because why go through all that trouble? You know? And there could be more powers at play that, you know, you've heard about the different types, you know, like, hey, there could be lizard people here, mm -hmm. you know, and then maybe there's different factions of aliens out there in the in the universe, kind of like all playing with us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe the one day we'll be the ones playing with other species. Maybe. And like, that's a scary, well, I mean, we that's kind a of scary thought, too, isn't it? Right? Humans well, screwing around with other shit like we're like we're kind of fucked up. No, we, we kind of are. I mean, you think about it. Think of all the animals that we've genetically, you know, engineered. And, like, yeah, we, we – no, we we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we make seedless watermelons. Yeah, our dogs, our pets were once wolves, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, those things. So, I mean, we are in a way. Yeah. So, at least on this planet, but if we start doing it off-planet, thank God. The galaxy could come a real mess. Well, we might, people change over time. I believe. I think we're we're becoming, I think, more of a peaceful civilization, or you know, peaceful um, humans are becoming more peaceful over time. I believe. I hope so. I I think so. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes it spooks me a little bit. Humans. Humans scare me more than Sasquatch. <laughs> I don't know. I never, I never had the uh, pleasure of being kidnapped by a Sasquatch or threatened to be eaten. But yeah. <laughs> well, if you keep hanging out with Daniel, maybe you will. Well, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, and, and you know, yeah, yeah. I would love to one day have something just walk out in front of me from a good far distance, and we'll call it a day. Me too. I just I would love to know the truth. Yeah, of course. And even you know, either side of it, if I find out that it's all big, like there's nothing to it, it's all nothing burger. I, it's, it's, I wouldn't be a, like upset, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, one of the things that I always say, like with my podcast, is if even one percent of the stuff that I cover on my podcast is true, it would change the entire world. Yeah, and. To your point, uh, you know, if thousands of thousands of encounters are all, all lies or wrong, it only takes one encounter to be legit for it to be legit. 
Yeah. Awesome. So um, before we wrap it up, man, where can people find your uh, new documentary at? So right now, Elusive Legend, uh, a East Coast Bigfoot uh, research organization story, is not out on uh, any streaming platforms as you speak. I'm, I'm working on that. Um, I premiered it at the Virginia Bigfoot Conference, so that was the first time I was mm-hmm. actually showing it and kind of selling it. Now, selling it on DVD. Right now, I might have the DVDs up for sale on eBay. And I'll, I'll shoot you a link on that. Okay. Um, so right now, I'm selling the DVDs. Um I'm probably going to sell them at conferences and whatnot until I decide what I'm going to do as far as the streaming uh, services go. But if I do see it in probably uh, the next couple months or so being available on uh, different streaming platforms, the main ones like Amazon, uh, Tubi, whatnot. Mm-hmm. And how about Path of the Beast? Path of the Beast is on Tubi. Uh, it's on Amazon uh, Prime. It is on uh, – what else is it on? Um, Tubi is the one I, I mostly send people to. I also have it available on DVD or Blu-ray if you're interested in that. So, yeah. And um, Black Eyed Children? Black Eyed Children is on Tubi. It's on Amazon and most uh, streaming platforms. And that one's also available on DVD. And I sell that mainly on eBay as well. Awesome. See? Yeah. I remember them all. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I love all of them. And I'm like, I'm still like, I'm considering of uh, uh, getting back into Black Eyed Children and making like maybe either a, a, not a sequel, but something loosely based upon the Black Eyed Kids. Because I feel like that's just uh, those things are so damn creepy. They just sell themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you mentioned last time, like, like what I find I find creepier those those uh, little stick people. Oh yeah, that 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 people get under like uh, doorbell cams. Like, yeah, the things are just so weird. Yeah, they are. Yeah, we had a. I know it's a creepy pasta story, but the, that stupid siren head thing. Have you ever seen that or heard about that? What is it? Siren head? No. It's like this. This walking looks like a walking tree with hands and, and legs, and on top of it has this two sirens on top of it, right? And the sirens have teeth, and they make that whole like siren sound that you hear during an emergency. The like that kind of thing but uh, it's a creepy pasta kind of internet thing but i remember one time me and my wife were riding bikes and we went down this little path and some kid comes riding up and he's like booking ass he's like i just saw siren head you guys need to get out of here <laughs> and he said it with like such like like oh i he believed he saw this damn thing and he was getting out of there and i just looked at him i looked at her and i was like what the hell is he talking about so i looked it up and i was like sure enough it's creepy looking thing, man. Just just look it up to, just to, to see what it looks like. But yeah, there's a bunch of like uh, you know YouTube videos people made of it and stuff like that. But that it's a uh, it's weird, it's a weird thing. I'm gonna have to check that out. That sounds like a good podcast episode. It does. Uh, but like I said, it's definitely a creepy pasta. So just a, a made up story. There's nothing I think really to it. But it's still a kind of a creepy, creepy thing. Sounds like fun. Yeah. All right, man. And um, so, so where else can people find you? And I you got your Facebook page. And- oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Um, so yeah, uh, Justin Snyder is my name. Um, you you can find me on Facebook and friend request me that way, or you can just check out um, uh, Bigfoot Path of the Beast. I'm also at pathofthebeast.com. Um, yeah. Awesome. I'll put some of those links in the notes. 
so my listeners can buy your DVDs and check you out. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for coming on again. Yes, sir. Yeah, it was good being here, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to whenever I have the next adventure so we can get on here and do this again. Yeah, yeah. And uh, keeping in mind my little offer about the whole G.E. Kincaid thing. I Yeah, I'm intrigued. And, I'm, and if I could find the time off, I think that would be a fun adventure. Yeah. yeah it's re- definitely, um, when you were telling, talking about the story, it started refreshing my mind. It's definitely a very interesting story. and It'd be really cool to find something out there. I think there's stuff there to find. I, I would hope so. I'm just worried about who's out there trying to protect it. <laughs> no. The uh, bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, what's the sometimes word? the bigger the, <laughs> the risk, the harder you fall. <laughs> I mean, the worst thing that could happen is we end up like Guantanamo Bay for the rest of our lives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks for being on. And hang on yes, for sir. one second while I play the outro. Some more of this cool music. Yeah, there you go.